0: Hey, everybody, what's going on? It's episode number 15 of the Audible Farm podcast. I'm your host. My name is Peter Stockdale. This week I'm sitting down with John Waugh. He is the godfather of Three Finger Betty. Uh, He's, you know, the main singer songwriter. He plays most of the solos. Kind of give him the. the headway on most of the stuff to do in in the band. He does a lot of the booking and everything. I mean, that's his baby. So if you enjoy Three Finger Betty in any aspect, make sure you give him a nice tip of the cap because that's one of his babies there. I mean, he also plays guitar and sings in the Shit Kickers, which is another Des Moines area band that uh, he also started. And the Shit Kickers and Three Finger Betty have uh, a nice, like, connection somehow, and John's going to get into that in the podcast because you know he knows a lot more about that because that's his history so uh you know stick around listen to the podcast uh got some information coming up in the outro on some shows and such so stick around and listen to that but uh this is episode number 15 with john it's the audible farm podcast with your host peter stockdale What's up, man? How you doing? Not bad. Um, So sitting down today with John Waugh. What's up? Uh, Like, I'm sure people have heard me mention your name plenty of times on the podcast, but uh, you are—is that a good or a bad thing? Well, I mean, you are the main singer, songwriter, guitar player, dude in Three Finger Betty, and uh, you are, you know, one of the dudes that is the (laughs) dubious (laughs) honor—the main driving force behind the shit kickers as well. And uh, I mean, let's let's for people that don't know what the story is, I guess like Three Finger Betty is probably the first band that I ever really tried to like add any sort of my own artistic value to in any fashion. And uh, I mean, super props for inviting me in on that. I uh, appreciate it. No worries. It, it it adds quite a bit. Yeah. Where did uh Where did Three Finger Betty start out at? Okay,
1: let's uh, condense the history here.
0: So. I had moved
1: back to Des Moines with my beautiful wife from Cedar Rapids, right. where she her job took us over there, and uh, friends of a friend, I'll give a shout out to, uh, if he listens to one Brad Shea, because uh, he knew a guy named Jeff Perkins, uh, and Jeff Perkins and Kale Rowe had a band going that they were calling the Shit Kickers. And invited Brad and myself to come over and jam. Yeah. I had written some songs, a couple of, and this is 2008. Yeah. Uh, I had written a bunch of songs between 2005 and then, Uh uh, three or four of which, Three Finger Betty still plays. Yeah. Um, So we went to this jam thing, and it was at uh, Jeff. Jeff, I usually call him Geoff, he, that's how he refers to himself, so yeah, if let's just get that out of the way. That's based on the spelling, so, <laughs> um, yeah. So we went to Geoff's house and had a jam session, and it was, you know, for me it went really well, and I won't go into it, but at the, you know, nothing happened that night, we had our fun, and uh, the singer and bassist uh, from the Shit Kickers, Kale Rowe, uh, he said, hey, we're playing the show at the Fremont, and why don't you come to this show? Sure, no problem. And yeah. I went, and, and uh, they had another guitar player with them, and it was okay. And I said, you know, that was fun. I'd like to keep playing. And they asked me to, keep, to come back, and we did another thing. Just me, unfortunately. Um, then, next thing you know, they're like, we want you to be our guitar player.
0: All right, so you like uh you went you went and jammed with these guys, and they invited you to a show to watch them play with their band, and then you guys start ended up starting your own band after the after the fact. I I joined the band. Okay, so so you joined Shit Kickers then? (laughs) Yes. All right,
1: and then all of a sudden, like, uh, Kale would have a song here, um, and he had a couple songs, and I just arranged them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I can play guitar this way, and I can do this, and I can do that, and it works really well. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have some songs I wrote. What do you think of these? And and it worked. And when the shit kickers, when we started doing that, basically, Kale sang the songs he wrote, and I sang the
0: songs I wrote. So we had two vocalists. That's pretty cool. I mean, you ended up with that, uh, I don't know, uh, who, who could we give as an example of this? Like, maybe Pearl Jam, I don't know. Like no, nah, l- well, but not quite, because no, you're not singing both at the same time. No, no. no. Somebody it depending on who uh, whoever wrote the song did the lead vocal There you the go. song basically. Okay. That's pretty cool.
1: Um and that Fastball of All Bands is the one popping into my head that uh, their wow. hit was the lead vocal on their hit song wasn't their lead singer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> go figure uh that's a bad i can't for some reason i can't think of an example of a band that switches vocalists like that all the time
0: um and yeah i don't know i'll surely plenty of them yeah there's probably a ton out there that we're snubbing like just fresh off the bat but yeah he's scanning through a a stack of records (laughs) now trying to find a band to see if he can find one anyway and at any rate so you guys end up uh are like what four piece now for, uh, for... shit kickers were three piece three piece i was guitar so they co-vocal let, they, they let the other guitars go then at that point yeah or... okay uh
1: that was uh and i'm i think he lives in texas now uh, okay he, screamin jay let's shout out to screamin, screamin jay, jay, jay at the rebel jail um they were fun and and he earned his nickname <laughs> uh but uh so we played a st patrick's gig at at the fremont all seven, right seven years ago now something yeah. like that and that was our first show, and then we played another show at the Fremont, and that went well, and then all of a sudden we got a show at the gas lamp, which we didn't deserve to be there. Yeah. That was I mean, our third show. The third show. <laughs>
0: That's pretty awesome, like especially back in the day.
1: Yeah. Uh, and played a few more, and, you know, we were having a lot of fun for a while, and life happened. You know, Cale has two lovely children, and, you know, he... Uh, He couldn't commit the time for a while. Yeah, I mean that's it's rough. You got to live your life. You got to work your job. He had two kids, so all of a sudden it was kind of just me and Gioff at practice most of the time, and that's no, no nothing personal there. But we're just kind of like, okay, well, I'm still writing songs. I guess maybe it'll just be us for a little while. Yeah. And so uh, we, you know, through Craigslist, we there was a kid named Harrison, which if, if he somehow listens to this, Harrison, hit me up, because I'm just curious where you're at. Because okay. uh, he was great, and he was young. <laughs> I... I, I feel bad i didn't realize how young he was for like the first practice yeah <laughs> and i'm like oh crap this kid's 17 you No, know, gonna corrupt the youth <laughs> yeah <laughs> but he could rip it up and and it, it was great he had a great attitude so he had fun but we never played a show with him yeah and things happen finally we had an opportunity to play at a private show in a basement fire a little over five years five years ago last halloween basically okay.
0: yeah and it was just me and g off Oh, that's the uh, that's on. YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh, if you, you look at um, Redline the shit out of it, man. <laughs> uh, you know,
1: if you uh, look at Fester Rage, I believe his YouTube channel, if that's still up, buried somewhere in that YouTube channel is that. Not only is three it still finger there?
0: Betty. Not only is it still there, but since I managed the Three Finger Betty YouTube page, I created a playlist with those songs and put it on the three finger betty youtube page so you can actually go to the three finger betty youtube page click on the playlist and find it there um so
1: i mean that's totally there you, you can watch me play uh, a lou reed cover then because yeah. he had just passed away so i insisted on playing a lou reed song that night
0: <laughs> well what was it let's hear it uh waiting for my man <laughs> yeah, there you go actually yeah i do recall you <laughs> playing that song on the video actually now that you mentioned that <laughs> uh. But we did that, and then we didn't do
1: anything for a while. And it's been a long time. We, through Craigslist, we found... Uh, I ended up with a bassist named Jeff Furch. or I hope I said that yeah, right. He, f- won't, he won't tell me. I'm, so I'm 98% positive, that's correct. Who is still the bassist for Three Finger Betty. Yeah. And we... You know, got some songs down, and we ended up playing our first show with him at the first ever Two Broke for the Arts Fest Fest at Vaudeville Music. Oh, yeah. Way yeah, back yeah. when, and we were the first band
0: to play and the first show. Believe it or not, I was I was there. And I, we were I, terrible. <laughs> I cannot recall whether or not I was there to see you guys play, but I do recall. Probably I, not. <laughs> I've been to almost every Two Broke show that's that's happened and uh oh wait, there's we're on five now uh six maybe. six it'll be six next year yeah yeah right yeah it'll be six six years next year so yeah i mean that's actually a pretty crazy thing that you guys make the lineup uh and end up doing three finger betty the debut show mm-hmm. um at at i mean it's at uh, Kelsey Magnolia, a Des Moines local artist, she puts on a show every year at the Vaudeville Muse, and she calls it the Two Broke for the Arts Festival Fest because uh, the arts festival, it costs a lot of money to be at the arts festival, and some artists don't have the revenue to do that. So she gives everybody an outlet during the same weekend uh, to come to a place and, and show their art to a bunch of people, and there's also music there, um, and it's kind of an all-day event, so it's pretty awesome that she actually does this, and she's been doing it for five years, which is, which is insane to have the dedication to do it for that long. So, I mean, shout out to her for doing that. And it's always, always a good show. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I go there, and um, I... It's, it's stupid to say this, but I consistently underestimate the bands where it's just like you go there and you're like, all right, this would be cool. And then they play and you're like, holy cow, these guys are awesome. You know, like uh, re- almost regardless of, of who's playing. It's, oh, yeah. They're always good. So, I yeah. mean, so that, that was your first show with The Betty.
1: Yes. And I was super nervous because I was like, every band on this is way more experienced and way better than us. <laughs> yeah. And blah, blah, blah. But we did it. and. Well. We played, you know, some time went by. We were able to get a foot in the door at the old Hull Avenue before uh, Jason Boggs took it over. Yeah. And we played a couple times there. And then some things happened. Uh, There were personal issues, and we won't go into that. But uh, we lost Geoff. Yeah. Along the way. Yeah. and we played a couple shows at a place that's not there anymore called Mom's Place, which was really fun. We tried, uh, we experimented with a lead singer that wasn't me. Uh, that.
0: I want to say there's some of that online too oh somewhere. Oh, God. I, I, th- I don't know I, if I, I think, could listen to that. I think it is.
1: I don't know if I could hear that. But, um, but that didn't work out too well. Um, but the funny thing about that is we had lost G off and we had the gig scheduled, so I needed a sub. Mm-hmm. And. Clint, yeah. the current Three Finger Betty drummer, played one of those for us. Yeah, um, and it was a place that I wish was still there called Mom's Place, but it's not. So, and thing you know, things or- evolved. We finally ended up with a really cool dude. Uh, probably doesn't want me talking about him, <laughs> but uh, he goes by the name Max Warden on Facebook, and he has a cool band called the Witch Elm. I oh, think he was yeah. in Rhonda is a dead bitch with Emery from the sleepover at one point. Uh, he came in, met him through Craigslist and I really liked him. He, he was a different drummer cause he was a singer guitar player first. That's cool. Uh, I believe I don't, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Kind of miss him, but yeah. And he came in and I love the way he drummed. I mean, he just, he kept time with the, with the ride and he just hammered it like, uh, the grant hill from who's okay uh, but it was different nobody else played like that around here but yeah. it worked and whatever uh i'm not sure why still he just wanted to he just wanted out whatever yeah that's cool that happens he has his own band that and he's like me he's a little older he's in his 40s and you know, things happen. Yeah, it's the way it goes. So then, Clint uh, wasn't doing anything because Dark Mirror, unfortunately, uh, Clint Blomker was in Dark Mirror for a long time. One of the best metal bands I ever saw in this town. And yeah, I'm from Des Moines.
0: Yeah, they're definitely, they were definitely one of those bands that everybody knew of. They had just enough reach to reach almost every type of metal that people enjoyed. Um, definitely a mainstay mm-hmm. here, and it was. It was sad to see him go, but it's just the way that it goes sometimes. So, I mean, that that was that. But we ended up talking about that in what, episode one, I believe, I with, so. with Clint. So if you want to you know, get a little bit of Dark Mirror history, that's where that's at. That's where you go. Yep. But
1: he wasn't doing much, so he, he was happy to come on in, and then he stuck around, helped us do a demo in 2016. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, excuse me, Yeah. once the lineup was solid, I was like, let's start playing. Uh, Jason Boggs had taken over the uh, Hull Avenue at that point, remodeled it, made it really nice. He was happy to book us. We started playing in there a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, Playing the Fremont and had a good year. And then uh, we were talking one day, like, should we get a different singer and let me just play guitar? Or should we do, you know, how do we fill out the sound?
0: And Clint mentioned you. Yep. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, like, you and I had interacted a little bit um, in the past. I mean, we yeah. used to go to used to go to go independent pro wrestling shows and exactly. stuff. Uh, 3X Wrestling in mm-hmm. Des Moines, we used to see you there a lot. And I mean, uh, you and your wife, we used to see both of you there a lot. And, uh, I mean, I hadn't seen you too much because I kind of quit going to wrestling shows as much as I used to. And, and I mean, you guys weren't there as much either. Um, it's just kind of the way it goes. You know, in- interest change, life stuff, whatever. It's just the way it happens. But, uh, I mean... It was kind of cool to be able to be invited into a band where I kind of knew the people, but like you know, we, you and I weren't like close personal friends. I don't even think we were Facebook friends. Like, but it I weren't. But I had known you through through independent I, wrestling. I know this guy likes likes wrestling and yeah.
1: and hard, fast,
0: and loud music. So. Yeah. So I mean, it was kind of convenient because it was like at the time I was relearning how to play the guitar. I guess I don't want to say relearning, but I was I was starting to really figure out what it took to play the guitar actually, and that was. It was kind of nice to be able to lend my my learning and my talent to somewhere else instead of just playing in the basement all by myself and just pretty much wasting it, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean that would have been like early twenty seventeen, uh, late twenty sixteen, because I we played our first show together twenty seventeen. Um, I believe it would have been like January seventeenth, twenty seventeen, something like that. Anyways, probably at Hull. Yeah, it was uh it was a whole show, I believe, but. Uh, Otherwise, we had a show at Fremont. Our first couple shows, we ended up playing at Valor Ballroom. Even that was nuts. That was crazy. Like a two-hour set yeah. for like, uh, like on a third or fourth show. That was that was so random.
1: I think Clint had an email he came across that was old. Yep. Saying, "Hey, would you like to do this?" And I'm just like, "Well, how many people walking around here says we've played the Valor Ballroom?" Exactly. <laughs> like, like I saw Primus there. I saw. Th- Oh, yeah. Wilco there. I saw a bunch of bands there that uh, are
0: big. Yeah. I mean, like, the. I, I've. That I, was just like one of the places I always used to go to go see shows. I mean, like, I had seen um, Corey Taylor and the Dumb Bucks play there. I mean, I had seen, like, Fozzie there. I'd was seen... that a New Year's
1: Eve show? Yeah, dude. Those... I think a friend of
0: mine got thrown out of the show. Dude, those were baller <laughs> shows. And that's, like, one of those, like, dark horse things that, like, somehow I got ragtagged into going to one of those and. and it was f- tons of fun. I've got a, I've got a really fun Courtney Taylor story that I I probably won't tell on on the air. But if anybody wants to hear it, I would I would be more than happy to tell it in private. It's nothing bad, but it's it's just a really fun story, and uh, it gets kind of colorful in some spots. So I'm probably not going to divulge too much on on a podcast. But but it's there. So if you see me at a show, ask me about it. I got a good one. I'll ask you when we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'll tell you tell you when we're done. So, uh, you, you do the three finger Betty thing, but like, there's also shit kickers still going on, right? Yeah. And that was weird. I, I, I'm,
1: I'm very happy about that cause it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the shit kickers was just dead. Yeah. Just dead. I mean, we stayed friends. It wasn't like that, but yeah, it's uh you, Geoff, and kale. Yep. yep. And then, uh, there was, uh, G was working through stuff he had to work through and he, he was doing a lot
0: better. Fuck yeah.
1: And, uh, there was this opportunity to play at Rats Underground Records, used to be the underground rock shop. Yeah. Uh, I think this was the Zombie Walk After Party show. Okay. For 2017, whenever it was. And I think they were lo- interested in Three Finger Betty. Yeah. And whatever reason, Clint or Jeff couldn't do it. But we had. Geoff and Kale and I had actually got back together and, and had a couple practices at that point, and we weren't talking about playing a show, but I was like, it's been a while. Do you guys want to do this?
0: Yeah, why not?
1: And we did it. Um, and Matt Graves was still at the Rats Underground full-time at that point. He had a lot to do with that show, I think. Yeah. And, and it went great, and it was like our first show in three, four years, and I think we played good uh we got a good reaction yeah i didn't know what was going to happen and so that went well so i was like well eh, well, let's do it again yeah and occasionally now we practice every other week or so and play shows here and there
0: yeah um i mean as of late you guys have been playing quite a few shows it seems like
1: yeah it's it's weird how it works out you know we'll get a bunch and then we won't do anything for a while and
0: yeah, I mean that. that also seems just to just be the way it goes with bands in general um, around the area. You'll end up going to see in the same band a handful of times in a handful of months, and and maybe people get busy, or or maybe they just like don't get booked as many shows, or maybe they're recording an album or whatever. But it, it ends up being like that. You get the accordion bookings a little bit.
1: But you know, we're just having fun. Shit kicker shows. There's like no pressure at all. Uh, <laughs> we're just gonna, yeah, uh, we're just gonna get. <laughs> slightly drunk and have fun
0: yeah i mean every band has their mo their like mode of operations but it's still just like it's it's whatever it is every band is every band i've seen has their own way of doing things and i think it works out for every band that has at least some sort of longevity. Otherwise, it wouldn't have the longevity yeah. it does. Like we might record something someday, but there's
1: no time frame, no pressure. Um, yeah. we got a payout at the last show we played, and it was I was practically had to force Kale to take it. I swear, I'm like,
0: no, here's the money, put it in your pocket. Yeah, it's it's just one. <laughs> and of those... He doesn't care about that. Yeah, um, I mean, that's. That's something we talk about in podcasts a lot. Is it something because he doesn't get a lot of payout at shows, or like we don't?
1: And it was never about that. Yeah. But when we get it, you know, hey, we got paid. Here's some money, and oh, whatever. Yeah, it's like
0: what? What do I do with this? You know, what do I do with this money?
1: Take the money, (laughs) buy a pack of cigarettes or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's it's just whatever. (laughs) But so you guys end up playing. Like, uh, you played with the rumors recently at, mm-hmm. at Boggs Avenue Tavern. That was, I couldn't make it to the show because I was out of town at another show, I believe. But that was a great show. Yeah, I heard that show was off the hook. They, uh, of course, the rumors packed the place. Yeah. The place was full. Yep. Props to the rumors.
1: And, uh, and they rock. Yep. They're just fun. If you like straight up rock and roll, loud, with big guitar solos, go see the rumors. Oh,
0: yeah. They're tons of fun. It's, uh, it's kind of like uh, your 80s um, metal-ish, but it's still rock and roll kind of feel, because they oh, don't yeah. go too heavy with stuff. But it's uh, there's a chick singer, and so you get this kind of like... Uh, you get a Joan Jett. Bingo. Yeah. Big that's time. It. And it's it's awesome, man. It's it's not something you get to see every day, so it's, it's really fun to actually get to go see those guys play, guys and gals. Yep. Yep. So, two men, two ladies. You got it. It's, and I think they're out of
1: Waterloo yeah. for anybody up there.
0: Yeah, they're baller. They play a lot of shows. Um and they're another one of those bands that does accordion bookings. They'll do tours and then they'll take a little bit of time off. Yeah. And they're I, they're as, signed to Kival
1: Records or something, an indie label, so they have a label.
0: Yeah. And I I don't think they're all I don't know if they all live very local to one another. Are they I, I don't know. I know
1: they're guitarists. Uh, is in a ton of bands. Yeah. Um, and I think he lives in Cedar because Shit Kickers played with one of his bands called Brotherhood of Mudcat Stu Frondle. Yeah. And that was an interesting show. That yeah, was kind of fun. We
0: played with one of the other bands. It was a uh, Space Virus. Yeah, Space
1: Virus and the fog <laughs> machine that wouldn't quit. Oh man, that was
0: that was <laughs> insane. it looked like the Fremont was on fire. Uh it was bad. Uh yeah, that was different. I like Space Virus. I don't think everybody liked him. I liked him. They were they were different. It was, yeah, that's what I think I enjoyed so much about it was it was different. And, uh, man, they had, like, costumes and stuff. Yeah. It was crazy mass. It, it was gnarly. It was a good show. Um,
1: but, yeah, I think they live... I think he might live in Cedar Rapids and the others live in uh, Waterloo. I have no I, idea. I don't know.
0: It's... And that's, it's not like, that's the other thing. It's like the, the information's probably on the internet, but it's not like I'm going to stalk somebody to figure out where they live. It's no. just like, you want to play this show or like, but, or whatever. But I did actually see him at, uh, the John five show that I oh, went okay. to in Iowa city. That it was sense. awesome. Cause I got, got to go up and say hi to him, you know? So, uh, you know, shout out yeah. Stu Frondel. Yep. I, th-
1: I think I've played enough shows with his bands. He recognizes me now. So, all yeah. right.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, they're, they're good guys. They're good people all the way around.
1: Um, but that was a great show and Blacked Out World was on that show. Oh yeah, yeah. We um, we played a show with them before. We played with them and the, the, their lead guitarist is so good. Oh yeah,
0: dude. I mean, and that's that's just it, man. I think there's so many bands that get undersold at shows um whether or not it's like they get put in front of the wrong audience or there's just not enough people there that seem to quote unquote care about what's going on or whatever. But like there's so many bands that are so good that we've played with over the years because we've played like 50 shows together in the last two years. And I that,
1: mean, that's what was neat about the shit kicker show. Everybody there was there to see the rumors and blacked out world. Nobody gave a crap about us or knew who we were. And then all of a sudden, everybody liked us. Yeah, it gives you the and, opportunity, and like we had a full bar that was into it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's awesome because he gives you that opportunity with a clean slate to go in and uh, show people what you're actually made of. And you know, it's cool that you got that you've got the shit kickers and you've got Three Finger Betty, because you do actually split a few songs between the two bands, and uh, they sound a little bit different. Uh, well, originally,
1: around. I wanted to keep playing. Two songs specifically. One, I helped write, Shotgun. Yep. Uh, basically, Kale wrote the words. I wrote the the riff. Yep. And then God Damn It was a song I always liked that Kale had written, and I kind of finalized the arrangement. And I was like, I want to keep playing these songs, and Kale didn't care, so I learned the lyrics. Yeah. And now, we, both fans get a plan. them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, because like, I mean... On occasions, we've as Three Finger Betty went to play a couple songs, and we end up playing uh, the shit kicker version intro, and it throws us off a touch. Like what we played at the house. That show. happened at the house show. At the house show, we played recently. Um, for <laughs> we totally screwed up the first half of goddamn it. <laughs> yeah, and the best part about that was we've all been playing together for so long that we held it together because it came back to the second verse, and we were all back together. Yep. And just, so we just were all keep going. Yeah, we all played enough, and it's like, do we want to just stop or you nah, know, Let's just keep going. That's I, always been my rule. You, just no matter going.
1: how bad you screw up, don't quit playing the song. Yeah, because the people watching don't know you screwed up.
0: Yeah, they're gonna think it's so much worse if you just completely stop and start all over. Unless it's like the opening note. If you like hit the opening note and everybody yeah, messes up, and it's different. just like, all right, hold on a second. But if you're like, you know. 10 measures in, don't just be like, wait a second, wait, wait, let's no, start over. Just just work through it. It'll be
1: fine. Uh, what most people don't know, there's usually one song at everybody's
0: show where something like that happens. I mean, it's, <laughs> and, that and happens. It's You just, okay, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's just the way that it goes because you end up at, I mean, I'm in two bands, you're in two bands, and then Clint's in Clinton five bands, and it's just like... It's tough to keep all the music 100% straight all the time and sometimes you miss like a cue that somebody gives you to play a certain part and I mean that's that's one of the benefits of playing together so much though is once somebody messes up like Clint is probably the best drummer at this to give you like an accent to catch up mm-hmm. like he's probably the best drummer at that cuz he can figure out who's off and how to get you back on. Clint has a little snare
1: roll that I've learned to hear and I've never said this to him. It's the John, you're off. Here's the snare roll to get back into with everybody else. And he does it when I screwing up or I'm playing the solo too long and I should have gone back into the song and I know because he does it the same way every time.
0: If he hits the snare like that, it's time to switch. And that's <laughs> that's probably like the most beneficial part about him as a drummer, not the I mean it's, he's easily one of the most talented anyways that we you know have around the state. But it's still one of those things where he's just got the ability to vibe with the other musicians, and it and some of that just comes from playing together so long, like we all have. Like, uh, we end most of the Betty sets with a jam session, and we just kind of dink around somewhere in the key of E minor, and and go with it. And it it it's close to the same every time, but not the same every time. And we kind of just dinker around, yeah. and there's like a couple parts where like. Uh, we come back together after falling all apart and it's, it's kind of neat to just have that ability too. I mean, I've never been able to sit down and jam with too many people. I I mean, like I learned with Dan Blair, how to jam a little bit. We, that's like kind of how I learned, but like, it was nice, like I said, going to a, like a almost foreign location, but not too foreign. And I get to see some people I already know and play some music with them and, and actually add to these like jam sessions they have at the end.
1: Jamming's fun. I uh, learned how to play lead guitar when I lived in Arizona, and I was go. I went through basically a hippie music phase because the people I fell in with—that's kind of what they listened to at the time. A lot of fish. Yeah. And they played acoustics, and I was like, "Oh, cool! I got somebody to play music with." And when the first time I did it, first few times, I'm like, "They're taking off on these improv solos, and they're playing forever," and I'm just like, oh, uh, "Okay, yeah, I'll just keep playing the chords." Yep. And then I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of figured out, well, they don't know what they're doing. They just go for it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, some of it is just noodling around. I mean, unless you really want to hammer something out uh, extremely specific, like if you're playing, um, I mean, even some guitarists have different styles. Like Iron Maiden was one of my favorite. They always talked about how Adrian Smith mapped his solos out uh, very, very specifically and played every note very directly where like you get your Yannick curse and it's just like Yannick doesn't yeah. doesn't doesn't map any of his stuff out he's just goofing off most of the time I don't write a guitar solo I don't know how yep. now I've
1: played these songs enough a lot of it, it starts to get more consistent yep but it was never designed that way and sometimes I get bored I'm like uh, I'm gonna start it up here yep you can't see me but I'm gonna start it at the top of the neck and set up on the 12th fret yep to change it
0: yeah just change it up a little bit. because there's no written part there. and that's that's also some of the beauty of it is it's there's nothing that's 100 percent set in stone um which leaves like even even i sometimes get bored of playing just power chords and i'll add like little fills and stuff in there and, you Should do that more and it and it doesn't and it, it's funny because it's it's not like it's the greatest stuff to accent the song ever but it's just kind of stuff that it doesn't mess anyone up because it's not out of place and the song's never exactly the same every time anyways so you know why, why not but like like when you first started playing guitar what was like the first song you started learning?
1: The first song I learned from start to finish all this old age date my age was about a girl by Nirvana.
0: That was the first song where I actually learned the guitar solo in the song. Well that's cool. So uh, like did you like learn it for a band or just learn it for personal amusement? Or... I
1: was wanted to play guitar. I had no band. Uh I came to it a little later than some people, so uh, Des Moines' clicky, and I won't rant on that, uh, but I came to it late enough I was never a part of the click of my age, so I didn't get to play in bands when I was in my 20s. Yeah, I got to play with myself, pun intended.
0: Huh. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I
1: learned songs I liked. Uh, I figured out real quick, oh, that's, that's a power
0: chord, huh? Okay.
1: Yep. Well, I can play everything the Sex Pistols ever wrote now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I, you know, and that's one of the things that, like, Des Moines is a little bit clicky, but there's I think every place you go is a little bit clicky, and it just has it it just has to be like some of it has to do with like preference of music because like the metal guys don't hang out with the rap guys, don't hang out with the punk guys very much, you know, or like whatever, which is stupid, and it it is it is, but you'll find that most most places, and I think the benefit of me coming down to Des Moines and playing shows cause I don't live in Des Moines is that I don't, I don't have any frame of reference for any of this. So I meet people and I don't know if they're a punk person or whatever, and I don't have any boxes to put anyone in because most of my interactions with people are pretty fresh. So I'm just like, Oh, this guy came to the show and he said he liked it. So cool. And it's, an, it's a nice guy or whatever. And so I end up with this, this nice little perspective on a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff that I, I guess I never really thought too much about, but it, you know, it, that interaction that you have with people at shows is is also kind of an awkward thing because it's tough to sit there and have somebody be like dude you guys played a great show and i'm like hauling my gear outside and it's like thanks and it's kind of like almost embarrassing when somebody says that to you but it's not and you know like i, I don't know you get
1: over that it, it, it is embarrassing for a while because we're musicians and uh whoever i th- was it uh not clint blomker clint Clint Riedel Riedel was saying on, on, on an old podcast like We're musicians. We want you to pay total attention to us for two hours, but after that we don't want to talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty much true though. Like, uh it's not like we're all anti social. I mean I mean, hell, I got a podcast. And I and I'm not like the best at talking to people. I'll be the first one to tell you that. But I'm it's not like I'm not friendly, you know, so I'll interact with almost anybody, uh, given the chance. So if I mean if you see me at a show, just come say hi. But it's it's, I don't know, like I said, like if you, stepping outside of the bounds is kind of the fun part about, um, like playing in places. Cause I, I didn't know who to get with in the Northern Iowa to play music. So I came down to Des Moines to play music and, and I still don't really know, like I'm not involved in too many of the, I don't want to say clicks but the clicks of, of musicians up there. I don't know who to jump in with, to play like what kind of music to go where to, I mean, I just don't have any of the information. I don't know where to book shows who to contact how they pay i don't know anything about any of it like uh, even in three finger betty i don't book almost any of the shows and uh right now we're in the process of just new year's eve yeah just the new year's eve show so that's the only one that we're in the process like i have ever like 100 almost 100 by myself booked a show
1: this guy i don't book any shows i just booked the biggest payout the band ever got
0: yeah i mean <laughs> that, that that happens i mean it's it's happened to. <laughs> it's it's weird because the offers come in from all sorts of weird places like i've gotten offers from uh the afterlife in algona is that still the name of the place
1: i think it's lifers
0: lounge now yeah maybe. there you go so and uh, i would love to play up in algona yeah uh the only problem with that was it was it was short notice where i told him we were taking bookings because we had the next handful of dates free and one of the dates that we had free we couldn't all make it was like Oh, can you play this Friday then? Yeah, and, and and we and we couldn't make it, so that was like, like two days notice. Yeah, and, for, and it was unfortunate uh, three because two and a half hours away because <laughs> it because it makes us you know kind of look bad for being like, hey, we'll take a booking, and then they're like, how about this day, and we have to say no. But it is you know I guess we did give them a window of dates, and they chose one of those dates, and it's my my bad, you know. So that's where I'm like learning how to like book shows correctly still, and. And it's kind of the benefit of like not knowing anybody, but kind of knowing everybody a little bit because I'm always at the shows, so I always see people and I always interact. But
1: it's it's hard. I mean, I'm I'm very thankful to be able to be able to book at Boggs Hall or Fremont or Marv's uh, Music, which we need to talk about. Yeah, and uh, places like that. But there's other places in town where you know I, i'm not gonna call him out or anything because i'm not taking it personally but where i don't get response um like you have to have heard of three finger betty at this point but <laughs> in I, this town
0: but i also feel like some places have the ability to choose who they want so they end up it's like an invite only type deal and that's
1: certainly true why would you want us if you can get a national tour
0: yeah and you know like The other thing that's kind of tough, I've mentioned it a couple times, not everybody wants a potty mouth punk band at at their venue. No, but, And I understand that. We're not going to play at, like, uh, some sort of a lounge-type establishment where people are eating steaks, you know, and there's, like, a fireplace. Yeah, you never know. They might like
1: it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So. People have senses of humor. Come on. uh,
0: Yeah. That's something I actually sell so short, just based on, like, what you see every day, and it's just you just think like based on social media and the news that everybody hates everybody and then you go out to the shows and you realize that not everybody hates everybody and it's like why is why is it i think most people know people still can recognize satire when they hear it yeah i hope so because i mean like like sometimes we'll introduce songs and like uh the song is about trump and it's like did you vote for him or did you not i don't care it doesn't matter we're just going to play a song about him and you can laugh with it if you want to and take it seriously or not but this is what's going to happen you yeah. know like uh, some of the songs i'm i'm equal
1: opportunity i'll i'll rip on i'll rip on uh, i'll rip on the comrade in chief and you know well i had a good good 5 years there ripping on obama before him so
0: i mean <laughs> you know got to be fair i they, guess <laughs> you know
1: like uh, there's a song called, uh, a Betty song called Let the Flames Rise. And it's not totally about this, but the inspiration for it was uh, I turned on the news and uh, this was when Obama was in office. I'm not trying to turn this into politics, but they shot missiles at some third world country for whatever reason. I'm like, man, that's just fucked up. Yeah, And so I wrote Let the Flames Rise based off how I was feeling about that news story and blah, blah, blah. And you know, Trump just makes it easy. Like, yeah. comedians, it's, I, I'm old enough, I remember Dan Quayle and the King George the First and comedians, like, their job was so easy during that time, because Dan
0: Quayle would say something stupid every day. Well, let me ask you this, <laughs> though. I'm um, sure Trump kind of softballs some of the things in there. Do you think it's low-hanging fruit now at this point, though? Uh, like, how many, how many Trump songs you need to write, man?
1: It's, it's...
0: Oh I, I don't need to write any more Trump songs. <laughs> no I mean Probably it's not. it's it's too redundant but it it's cuz that's definitely not what Three Finger Betty's about. We're not like a no. pol- we're not like a political activist band that's choosing I, a side and telling you to vote. I'm not choosing like, a side. I honestly don't give a crap. Like, like I've I've voted third party so many times and gotten so much flack for it from both sides I that have, I don't
1: I don't even care anymore. I think I've voted for a major mainstream candidate once in my life i'm 43
0: yeah well i mean it's just the way it goes but but like that comes back to the point where like you go out to shows and nobody cares about who you voted for what your political nobody Nobody gives a crap about any of that stuff everybody actually just came to see you play have a good time and and that's all that we're there to do is just just to have a good time
1: I, i get angry it's punk rock and i write a song that might have socially driven lyrics but it's i'm not endorsing a candidate i'm not endorsing a philosophy here. I'm just saying. I think this is screwed up, and this is why. And here's a song.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: Bob Dylan protest uh, songs.
0: And honestly, like some of our most famous songs that we have, I guess, as aren't three, those aren't those. And I mean, like we go places, and and those aren't the songs that people want to hear. And it has nothing to do with the fact that you know they're not good songs but like people just tag onto these yeah. super catchy throwaway songs that we write
1: people come to these bars to have a good time and hear party music
0: yeah and that's that's something else that you're also pretty good at writing like songs that have that comedy vocalizing that people just know that what you're saying is a joke and i hope so <laughs> Well, there's no like. I don't know how you would take if almost, you take some of that stuff literally. You, got I don't problems. know how you would take almost any of it seriously. Like, it's not that it's like not to to be taken seriously, but it's like we don't have anything against any of the people that we write songs about. That sounds like we might have something against. Like half of it is just like storytelling in a comedic in a comedic light. You know, like these people are are almost real life living comic book characters you know mm-hmm. and and that's kind of what we're portraying in music
1: Mo- mosh pit johnny is about a guy who comes to rock and roll shows and gets really freaking drunk and causes problems
0: yeah and i mean it's just it's not about anybody <laughs> no it's not about anybody super specific, and it's like you know it's but everybody it, knows somebody who does that <laughs> yeah and that guy is now mosh pit johnny you know and your and that's one of my favorite songs to play i mean i feel like that song's one of our one of our tightest songs start to finish and I, God, I love playing that song.
1: Uh, our fun song when we played with a great band, Ramon's tribute band, Shock Treatment. It was the first time we, uh, it was when we played, Betty played with the Rumors last summer. Uh, we were loading in and it was the guy, uh, Jody Ramon from Shock Treatment. And he shook my hands. Pleasure to meet you. He's like, and he goes, Are you guys going to play Too
0: Fat to Fuck tonight? That's my favorite song. I love that song. Yeah. I mean,. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny going places, and that's that is our free bird. Like we'll be playing, and people at the muse, it's dark, and you can't see who's yelling it. But people are like, "Play the fuck song," and they're like yelling it from the back, like, great, "Okay, great." But you know, at the same time, whatever. Here you go. I mean, it's it's what everybody wants to hear. So rock and roll. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. You, I like the song. I wrote it. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Uh, I mean, I don't have anything against any of the songs. Like, I wouldn't be playing any of them if if like. I mean, I've never been one to cause a problem anyways, but I wouldn't be playing any of these songs if I had any issues with them, and I surely don't, so it's it's fun to be able to just, like, jump into a band where you know everybody's just there to have a good time, and nobody's there to cause any problems with anybody, and it's, like, super low-stress environment all around, but we are but we still sound tight. Like, it's about fun. You still have the ability to, like, cross over genres a little bit, because it's, like, punk band, easiest thing to call it, because it's, like, kind of comedy vocals and kind of fast drumming, but... There's also like ripping guitar solos, like yeah. you know, like like some metal dude might have in there. But there's also and, like rock and, riffs, involved. and it goes back
1: to you know my version of punk. And this, I'm not trying to get clicky, but this is where the clicks come in. My version of punk is old '70s punk, like what, Dead Boys, yeah, Ramones, yep. that stuff, Sex Pistols. They didn't call it necessarily call it punk then, because that's a marketing thing. Yeah. Uh, the Dead Boys were a rock and roll band. We played at CBGBs. Yeah. We have guitar solos. Yeah. Uh, but we're crazy, heroined-up lunatics at the time.
0: Yeah. And if you haven't, if you don't know who the Dead Boys are, it's super ridiculous. It's Go look it up online and watch some of their live stuff. It's pretty wild.
1: The guy would pin the singer would safety pin cut some meat to his shirt. Yeah. He'd, and blow his nose into him and eat him on stage. Okay, yeah. folks, I mean, this was, is this, this is debauchery.
0: Yeah, it's like shock and like awe kind of you music, know, but it was actually it's like, like Iggy
1: Pop cutting himself and rubbing peanut butter all over his
0: what, body. Yeah. What's the deal with Iggy Pop? Why is he still ripped and he's like 90,000 years old now? It's
1: heroin either kills you or turns
0: you into Superman. I guess so. Jesus Christ. No, oh, uh, that's definitely not a recommendation for that. No, and, don't do that stuff. No. It's
1: bad for your health.
0: No. And that's, I mean, that's something that is also like everybody has this like weird sort of like black veil over musicians to think that we are like all super party. And it's kind of funny to be in like, yeah. I don't even drink. Yeah, like Pete doesn't drink. Like <laughs> we, nobody really actually parties at all. And I sometimes wonder about that. The fact that I don't drink, does that negate some three-finger betty bookings because they know no, so, cuz I... they know a guy in the band is never going to pay any money at the bar other no. than for a soda. Like, I don't know. I would think I wouldn't think so. I hope hope nobody's, <laughs> hope nobody's soured off by the fact that I don't drink, but you know.
1: Like the last when we played the house show, I was feeling iffy. I didn't drink at that show. I didn't Like when the audience passed a bottle around, it's kind of my position as the front person when they handed it to me. I'm gonna have to take a pull off it, otherwise I'm a jerk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I get. I don't know. Like, and and that's cool. And that's I don't know. Some of those like social situations where like what I got involved in. It's like I don't want to drink, and then it's just like you know I really don't have to if I don't want to, and then. I don't know, everybody always offers to still buy me drinks at shows, and I freaking love it, because it's just like, ah, nah. I used to always take them and then just give them to a friend. There was some comedian once who,
1: I don't know if he's talking about drinks or something, but whenever he's like, hey, can I
0: get you this? You just say, no, but can I have the money instead? <laughs> Almost sounds like Mitch Hedberg, but not quite. Or like, maybe a Stephen Wright type dude. Who knows? But, who knows? But, yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know. I That's one of the things, though, you like, I've always joked a little bit about it, like, If you go to live music, there's always drinking involved, and I've got nothing against drinking, but it's always kind of funny that like you always have to go to like a bar to do live music, and everybody wants to buy you a beer, and and I don't even drink at all, and I I feel a little bit out of place, but not really. This gets into some bands' gripe about how they don't get payouts at
1: bars and et cetera, et cetera. But it's a two way thing. The bar wants you to be there because they like you, et cetera, but you're there to draw an audience so they can sell drinks to said audience and you're in a symbi you know you're in a symbiotic relationship you need each other you we need the club because we need a stage to play on but they need to sell liquor to make money and stay open oh yeah so you need to draw enough people so to sell liquor for them that's why they pay you yeah either a guaranteed amount or a cut of the bar at the end of the night but if if you're not drawing an audience, you, they won't ask you back.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's it's always such a tough deal because like it seems like getting people to come out to shows is almost like pulling teeth sometimes. That is the hardest thing in the world. And I mean, like the joke online is always like, how, did you, how do you get those maybes or interested to turn it into goings? Or how do you turn all the people that say they're going to actually go to the show?
1: Nobody knows. And it's and The it's person tough. who
0: figures that out is going to be the biggest band in the world. Yeah, probably. But, I mean, I I don't know. That's one of the reasons I started the podcast. Is it's just like, well, here's another outlet to get to know the people that are making the music, that are like going out there and actually putting all the effort forward to go do stuff. Not to, not to gripe about age, but
1: it, as you get older, when I was in my early and mid-20s, I'd go to four or five shows a week. Yeah. I go to... It, Two shows a month, if I'm lucky. Now, and, yeah, I mean, and half the time those are shows I'm playing, but I of, want to go to so many more shows that you just can't.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it is like, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, growing up, you got a family and a kid, and you just got to do d- things a little bit differently than you did in your 20s because you just can't go out and and party every night you can't or drink like, every night. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's just the way that it goes. I mean, some of that comes with age, and and also speaking of age, like something's got to be said for like. There are like some guys that are younger that are awesome at ripping up their guitars, but don't sell any of the older guys short because those guys have been playing their guitars for 30, 40 years and they are smooth yeah. as butter. Yeah. I mean, I've interviewed a few of the people that are like some of the older musicians and I mean, they are insane you, to watch cuz it's second nature, yeah, you know. You get you get a guy who's uh th- uh what was his name? Random
1: story, I mentioned Harrison earlier who didn't Never played with this on stage. But Harrison had a boss. Uh, he was this cool older guy named Cliff. And he came to a, a Betty practice once. So it was me, Geoff, and Harrison. And Cliff used to be in traveling bands. I, I, this is so long ago, I cannot remember... I don't remember his last name. I I don't remember what his band was, but he had a he had a nice rig with him, and he came in and he came there, and I was like, what, what? And he's like, well, this Harrison kid, I really like him. He works for me, and he told me about this band. I wanted to check you out and see if I could give you some advice because I toured for twenty years oh, before cool. I settled. That's, that's awesome. And sweet, nice to meet you. You know, and he started just. He I was like, what did you play? And, oh, you know, I played, like, I like rock and roll, but we played a lot of R&B and mainstream stuff. Because, you know, we did that for, we did it for a living, so we needed to appeal to a pretty middle-of-the-road audience most nights. Yep. And, but I'm a rock guy. I'm like, okay, cool. And then he hooked it up, and he's like, "Uh, let's play Red House by Jimi Hendrix. And I didn't know the song. But it's a blues song. Yep. So he's like shows me the key and we start playing it. And then he ripped the solo and I'm just like, Oh my God, this guy can play. Yeah. Holy crap. Yep. And but you know, at the time he's sixty some years old and those older guys. Yeah, dude. They might not they might play folk music and that's what their band or their thing is yeah but you give
0: them a distortion pedal a good amp and a wah and watch them rip yeah dude i mean i've seen i've seen so many bands and it just comes from being like i live in a smaller uh, smaller area there's not very many big towns around so you don't i mean that's most of the musicians are these guys that have been playing all their lives and and some of them do do it for a living so you end up getting to see some awesome musicians like even in just the cover bands and stuff it's it's just awesome cuz even you just know that regardless of what music style like you said they can they can rip it up with the best of them so oh, yeah. i mean i i love i love watching almost any kind of music just for that just for that fact yeah. i mean
1: we all have the type of music we like
0: yeah more than
1: other types
0: yeah and i mean um, that's that's one of the reasons I like going to that rock and picnic and Humboldt, because yeah. it's like a mishmash of everybody. You get older dudes, younger dudes. You get rockabilly, you get blues, you get rock and roll. I mean, you get everything. It's
1: yeah. it's just kind of neat. Yeah, you you know, know? we we briefly mentioned Des Moines can be clicky, and then we'll just leave it at that. But I would love multi-genre shows. I love multi-genre shows. You go in there, and the first act is a is a rapper. Yeah, and he tears it up and gets the crowd moving and jumping, and then. Uh, a rock band plays, Dude, just yep. a standard rock, and then a metal band just shreds it, and there's a huge mosh pit, and then a punk, you know, I love that, and for whatever reason, shows like that don't seem to draw a crowd, or uh, we're here to see the hip-hop band, and then we're leaving. And then they take off. Yeah, that happens like, No, a lot listen too. to the other stuff. When we did that house show... Uh, last year at Halloween, the, uh, the show was over, but there were some dudes down there that wanted to freestyle rap, and Kyle from yep. Thorhammer and Lightning Wolf, yep. he got on the drums first, and he was doing like a, it was a slow, but it was a metal beat. He was double bassing,
0: and this dude freestyled over it, and it was yep. great. Yeah, I mean, like, I oftentimes thought, like, one of the bands that had the best models for a concert was Van Halen, because they'd always have, like, Oh, Casey and the Sunshine Band is opening up for us, and it's like what? Yeah, it's a party. It's party. That's exactly what it was. We want people to come here and just enjoy themselves. It's like you get to see Van Halen and the coolest house band ever, and they're not a house band. It's friggin' Casey and the Sunshine Band, where every one of their songs is gonna make people feel friggin' awesome. And I feel like that would be awesome, like a nice way to do it. You, like. An MC at a show would be really cool if you could find somebody that like just had a turntable and they were like the DJ in between the bands while everybody switched oh, yeah. out and they just sat on the corner of the stage and they did like, they got to do like 15, 20 minutes and they're like, and here's this band. And then when they're done, they get up, like, yeah, let's hear. That's almost like having a hype man for everybody. That would be so cool. Uh, when
1: I lived in Arizona, in Arizona, I got into roller derby and roller derby had three periods, how yep. they did it, flat track roller derby. And down there, they always had a punk band who would play in between the periods, 20 minutes. Yep. It was great.
0: Oh, that'd be so cool. I mean, I mean, just never sell the live music short. Uh, there's so many people making live music out these days. And s- speaking of making live music, we've got a couple shows booked. Um, I mean... <laughs> The next show we have would be the New Year's Eve show. Uh we're still in the process of booking it. Right now we've got two bands and we need we're, a third. We're waiting on if anybody's th- listening. And we're waiting on our third at this point at the time of recording. Do not
1: make me do acoustic covers. Nobody wants to hear me um, play Wonderwall. Uh we
0: can I mean we can find a third. We're trying to find the right third band, I guess is is what we're doing at this point in time. But but uh, otherwise, we'll be able to fill it out one way or the other. Oh, but yeah. new, but it's New Year's Eve show in Humboldt, and that's actually where Clint and I uh, are from. It's where we grew up, and we're hoping. To, see... to eat your cordy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping to see just a ton of people that we know. Uh, we played up there for a house show a couple weekends. That was a great. Few, a few weekends back for a birthday show for somebody. That was an amazing show. There are tons of people there. It was great. Great to have that show. Uh, another show we've got coming up is Marv's Music in Des Moines.
1: Marv's is a newer record store. I don't think it's it's getting maybe close to a year for him, but I think he's been open less than a year. Yeah. Uh, the owner of Marv's Music is a guy named Brian Davis who played bass in a band called the Holy Rattlesnakes. Yeah. Kale from the Shit Kickers was the singer in that band, and they were a straight rock and roll band. Th- and they were really good. And not al- they didn't play a ton of shows, so a lot of people never heard of them. Oh, but cool. they were really good. Yeah. Uh, but he's got this cool record store in the East Village in Des Moines. And he puts on two-hour shows on Saturday nights. Uh <laughs> And, and it's just really laid back. They're free shows, all ages. It's not a bar. Yep. You can The record store's open. You can buy a record if you see something you like while you're there. Oh, sweet. Um, and he, Brian's just a really nice, laid back guy who loves music. He's got a sound system in there that's good. Yeah. Uh, it sounds great. Yep. And there's really, outside of Woolies, which is a bigger club that gets big national acts, you know, 25 to $50 ticket bands. Yep. Other than that, there really hasn't been a venue in the East Village since House of Bricks went out. Yeah. So now Marv's kind of filling that void. Shit Kickers played a
0: show with uh, Call Me Music a couple weeks ago there, and
1: that was awesome.
0: Oh, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, that comes back to Shit Kickers getting a lot of bookings recently. Uh, you guys are just killing it. Uh, I don't know exactly what's going on, but keep keep doing that. Uh, I don't even think we mentioned when the show at Marv's is. Do you know what day that is? January 12th, Saturday right. night, 7 to 9. All right. It's Set- just three finger betting. We're doing a two hour show. Oh, sweet. So it's Saturday night, 7 to 9. That's the, what day was it? January 4th? January 12th. 12th. Um,
1: place I really like to eat. If you want a good sandwich, there's a little sports bar around the corner called Quentin's. There's a bunch of other restaurants around there. You can eat, come to the show, hang out. It's a cool little area. There's places to go out after the show.
0: Heck yeah! You almost... can
1: uh, Brian's laid back. If you want a beer during the show, you can bring your own. Yeah, he doesn't mind.
0: So. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, so we got uh, we got a couple shows coming up. Uh, if you want to check our Facebook, most of those shows will be on there. We don't always get tagged in the events that we're playing, uh, despite always asking to. And I don't want to be that band that creates a duplicate event no, for I, but... for an event. But uh, so not all of our events will be in the event section of. But our... I created the event for Marv. So okay, that's so us. that so that one's we're on that one. And, but uh, uh, the New Year's Eve show we've shared it plenty of times on yeah. the Three Finger Betty page, so that'll be on there for sure. But uh, yeah, if you want to check out any shows, definitely Three Finger Betty on Facebook is probably the place to go. We if also... you want to hear our music, uh, please listen on Reverb Nation because I like to see
1: the chart position.
0: Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, we've got social media all over the place. There's
1: And and shout out to the guy sitting next to me doing the podcast for doing a lot more of that because I am a Luddite.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's been my thing. I was always, I was just kind of, I don't want to say raised on the internet, but I was just always a little bit technologically savvy. So I, it's just super easy for me to take care of that stuff, and I I'm happy to do it because it doesn't take too much effort. And I mean, we've got we got Instagram, we got Twitter, we got the YouTube page, which our YouTube page is full of full of stuff. Lots of videos, uh, just tons and tons. Of, I think mean, there's like 200 plus videos on there, or something. It's it's insane. So I mean, there's tons of live videos of us playing. Um, you can watch me. I mean, if you start at some of the first stuff I recorded and go all the way till the latest stuff, you can watch the videos slowly get better in quality. Um, as i figure out what i was doing but yeah i mean we're all over online you got shit kickers stuff online not a lot um uh
1: <laughs> sorry kale you're supposed to be in charge of that and you don't do crap <laughs> yeah
0: um i mean i should take that over you do have an instagram we do uh there's somebody that as the shit kickers on instagram that follows three finger betty and comments on our stuff okay so uh, uh,
1: I, if, if that's kale or g off thank you cuz we have, like, 72 likes on Facebook because we don't do a goddamn thing with that Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. so I think we set that up when we got that gas lamp show because, like, they required some kind of online presence for us to be on the
0: show. Yeah. I mean.
1: And I had nothing to do with it.
0: But. Oh man, yeah, social media for I th- I for I think bands. we have a few YouTube things out there like
1: JIC media and it might be there might be some Audible farm stuff.
0: Yeah, I've got I've got one of your sets on there, the most most of the set at least, but uh, I mean, god, just setting up that social media and stuff, I feel like it's so important. Uh so much of it gets Gets undersold. And Shit
1: kickers should really do something about our crappy Facebook page.
0: Uh, yeah, I like your guys' Facebook profile picture for that page. It's it's hilarious. It's one of those uh, baby cages for yep. a high-rise apartment.
1: See, you get it from the old Row houses.
0: Singer's last name is Row. Get, yep. Yep. get it? Okay, I there get it but yeah anyway so you got you got some shit kicker stuff you're on facebook at least um you can go check them out there you can find us uh
1: we don't do a lot of online stuff because again it's not about that for that band we just want to play locally and have fun
0: yeah um three finger betty kind of slightly different we want to play locally and have fun we'd like to play more than locally and get paid. um so we're i mean we do play a handful of shows out of town um we're slightly selective about it but it's also we all have a life and yeah we've been to kansas city we've been to many, minneapolis uh
1: yeah. i would iowa love city. To, get to omaha we've been to uh, iowa city yeah
0: to... i mean i've tried to hit up the guys in blackheart booking uh whoever's running that i've i've tried to get a hold of them we'll get there and it was an a13 booking i believe over there too there's a handful of booking places over there I'd, i would love to get a hold of some of them and play and over there It's probably yeah we should hit it But, anyway, that's for another time. We're getting, I mean, we eclipsed an hour here. We've talked about quite a bit of different stuff. Um, Do you have any shit kicker shows coming up? Uh, We're going to be on a show at Hull
1: Avenue on February 9th. Cool. That is a Saturday night, and that is through, Let's while we're here, because we've played Three Finger he's playing on his shows here. That is a Dominic Derringer slash Crazy One promotion show.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've mentioned Dom in the podcast before, and too.
1: Very, very cool dude. Yeah. does a lot, and
0: I don't think he takes a dime for his efforts either, yeah, he, which is really yeah, cool because he deserves better. Yeah, he barely takes a cut for doing any of the promotion that he does. He puts on one show a month at Hall, at least. Yeah, and and Dom, if you're listening, I've you got a, you got a hell of a, a Facebook approach. I I feel like you should do a little bit more with that crazy one promotion page. But at the same time, man, you've got an insane uh, reach on Facebook. You know so many people. He knows a lot of uh, people. You're always contacting. So if you're ever looking to do a booking anywhere it's it's worth it to hit up crazy one promotion cuz he knows a lot of places so yeah. i yeah, mean he can at guy. least he can at least put you in touch with another band that can get you a booking or or a venue that can get you a, he's he's really good at it and he's you know for for a younger band or if anybody's listening i don't think he's very picky he will give
1: he'll new gi- bands a shot yeah
0: he'll give you an opportunity um i mean it's just kind of up to you to bring it yeah but but yeah i mean it's cool i mean I've... We've played a handful of his shows. We always get to play with a nice mishmash of bands, a little bit of a mixed venue type set. A lot of them are at bulk. Uh, we box. wouldn't we wouldn't know TV cop if we hadn't played that Dominic show. Exactly, we got booked that show with Sports Team when they were Sports Team, and man, that was that was a hell of a show. The best part about that show, I've I've mentioned it before, but I had, I had somewhere I had to be, and I ended up. Going late because I was like, Yeah, I'm going to stick around and watch one of these guys' songs. And I, one song in, I was hooked, and it was like, All right. Well, I, I was in the same situation. I insisted that Betty play first on that show so I could leave. Yeah, because we all had somewhere to be. And then it was just like, Geez, these guys are tearing the house down. So, yeah, I mean, hit up. Uh, crazy One promotion on Facebook. I think that's crazy with a K. Yep. And then the number one. The number one. And then promotion. The uh, logo is a skull smoking a cigarette. So
1: if you're wherever Guns N' Roses fans back in the day, that ought to appeal to you. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding.
0: But, uh, I mean, so we've plugged a whole bunch of different places. Like, I mean, not even getting paid for them. Unless, unless you're getting paid by Marv's music to talk about how awesome it is. No, no. And uh, <laughs> part of it, you know, it's... you, you What? I, I, okay, I've mentioned it a bunch of
1: times. Des Moines can be very clicky, and what Des Moines doesn't, doesn't understand, we're all in this together. Oh man, we gotta support each guys. We gotta guys, women. I don't care if you're a metal band or a punk band. If you're in a rock band, you gotta take care of each other because there's not a lot of us, despite what it may seem like. Uh, uh, yeah, and I also feel the like- scene is ours, and we gotta take care of it, and we
0: can't piss all over each other. Yeah, uh, there's. That's one of the things that sometimes online you'll see infighting between people, and it's funny because I don't know enough people down here to, like, I I can't pick like, a side because I don't I don't get a full story. I don't, and I I just ultimately don't care because I'm 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 not from here, and I'm I'm older in my life now. Where like my twenties was when I cared about most of of that stuff, and I've I've talked to a lot of people about it. I I talked with Eric a little bit about it on the, one of the previous podcasts where. It, I I wasted so much time in my twenties being angry at things. I just don't have time for it now, and it's and it's not like I don't know. I'm just indifferent to the whole situation.
1: I you know, and truth be told, I sit through on shows we're on, shit kickers or three finger Betty. I sit through bands that I just can't
0: stand. But but it's not for me. It's not made for. They didn't make the music for you. That's no, what, that's it's it's not my type of music. It's yeah. Doesn't mean they're bad. No, it's 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 kinda like saying like you pick your favorite pizza place and then you just go to that place and it's like this pizza sucks. Well does it suck? No, it's just not made for you. It's not your type it's of not pizza. What you like. Yeah. You know, some people don't like tomatoes and some people do, you know, or whatever it is. You know, not everything is made for you, especially art, man. Art is not made for Yeah, art is so subjective. Yes. And and that's one reason you should never take anyone's negative opinion seriously on any of this stuff, because it is subjective yeah. and I mean it's subjective, plus some negative opinions. Honestly,
1: I, I firmly believe this. Some people, um, I don't have anybody specific in mind, so it's there's nobody this is vaguely directed at, but there. it's just uh, over the course of my life, there are people who are like, uh, everything, this sucks, this sucks. It's because you don't have the balls to get up there and try it yourself, and you're jealous of the people who do.
0: That was one of the reasons when I started playing music, I my tune changed so fast because it was like, I realized how much work I have to put into this. Think about how much work they have to put into us and they have to put into this and every other band has to put into this. And, and it, and it makes, because now I have a better frame of reference, it helps me appreciate everything so much more because it's like these guys are putting all their free time and energy and work into doing this. They're getting four people together, planning out practices. Everybody showed up at a show to play the show. The music was tight. It all sounded good. And just because it's not my favorite type of music, I'm not going to be like, this sucks. Like, that It just doesn't make any sense. It takes a lot of work. Uh,
1: band we've played with that I like and not everybody's going to like but I like them uh thunderscore I was involved in the in the beginning stages but I I didn't wasn't able to stick around yeah but uh somebody else who didn't stick around made a comment once like well we're going to have to write 100 songs to get 10 good ones Oh, well. like dude
0: come on I don't know it's
1: I I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going. <laughs> I don't know either. It's, uh, I lost the thought. But, but I, I don't know. I, it's,
0: it's Some of it comes down to being self-conscious, though, too. Like, I was so self-conscious, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be caught dead playing music in front of people. Some of that yeah. comes from when I was younger. I was in bands, and we'd play places and screw up, and people would just laugh at you, because that's what kids do. Yeah. And, you know, all of our peers would just laugh at us while we were playing on stage. Believe it or not, like, we played some of our shows. There's some of the earliest recordings you can hear, like, kids laughing at the band I was in on the VHS tape louder than you could hear us playing and it's like well that I never wanted to go through that again so I was always so self-conscious I just never even made music and that's like like I said through my 20s I was so negative and I feel like that's what fueled a lot of that negativity and now the fact that I'm actually going out and trying to do things it's it's changing my tune so fast because i realized that it is a lot of work and these people actually have guts to go out there and do this no matter who it is because it takes a lot of i mean there's people that won't even do public speaking let alone try to try to make art that is a timescape you know because that's literally what you're doing is you're showing people five minutes worth of audible art you know and there's people that don't even want to go i mean it's just the way that it works so i've i've like I said, like growing up, I've grew up so much in the last handful of years just realizing that. It's
1: it's it's just one of those things.
0: People can like songs I write,
1: they cannot like songs I write. That's okay. But I cr- this sounds arrogant, which I don't like, but I wrote that song. I I created something out of nothing.
0: Yeah. And and if you don't like
1: it, I'm okay with that, but I like it and I think it's worth something. So I'm going to go up on a stage if they let me and play it. Yeah. Uh yeah. I remember playing a show. Yeah, I have to tell this story. When I was in Arizona. It wasn't it was a one-off deal. We played me and a a good friend. We just played covers on a porch yep. college house party. Yep. And somebody I it's probably not on the internet, but there was somebody was had a camera and was recording part of it and I remember when I saw it all I remember is somebody in the background just over and over again god
0: these guys suck (laughs) oh man (laughs) and And i'm like you know we showed up
1: and performed what did you do
0: yeah i you know i used to think that same exact thing where i mean it's it's tough to go in with that mentality but you have to have the confidence level of like well i'm playing this it's not like they could do any better you know maybe they can but that's the best part maybe they can but they don't have the guts to do it that's the best part though is like when you I almost want to call people out on it and then watch them go up there and do better and it's like that's what i'm talking about i came here to see some good music and these guys are ripping it up you know so it's not like a call to arms but it's it's almost you know it's one of those deals where it's, you just can't be so self-conscious that you think that everyone's going to hate it cuz some of the people that hate things have no frame of reference kind of like me through my 20s like i hated so much stuff with with no reference level on it for any reason and uh i mean that's just life growing up man you just got to just got to keep going and i've i've been trying to push as much positivity uh to everything that i'm involved in through my 30s now that i i'm starting to see it kind of bleed into other people's lives and take effect because um through my like i said through my 20s i was so negative and it was kind of nice to have i i dated a girl that um was like the polar opposite of me. She was always super positive, so it was kind of nice to have somebody that was the opposite to kind of even me out. And and then when we broke up, it was like, well, now I need to be the polar opposite of that. So I ended up having to to do that myself. And it's kind of nice, you know, like I said, l- going through life and learning things and having a better frame of reference. And yeah. it's just what it comes down to. And you know, thanks for like giving me an opportunity for an outlet for music and like. Um, it's, I mean, that's pretty much the fuel for this podcast was getting to know some of the musicians and it's like, well, I want to give them this place where they can go out and kind of just say whatever they want and, and do whatever they want to do on, on a microphone with me. And I'll ask them questions and get, let everybody get to know each other a little bit. Cause maybe that's the reason that nobody goes to some of these shows. Cause I like so many different kinds of music and I just. I just feel like everybody deserves the opportunity to be heard by somebody. Of course. So, and when this makes you rich and famous, please remember me. Huh? Oh man. What are we talking? Three Finger Betty? When Three Finger Betty makes me rich and famous? <laughs>
1: when, when when this podcast makes uh, you rich and famous?
0: Oh man. I don't know. I still haven't. I still haven't. You're,
1: ta- you're the Wolfman Jack for the millennials.
0: I I don't know what's. I don't know what that is. You don't know? No. <laughs> God, I'm old. Yeah. Oh man. And I'm the one that usually is saying that because I'm going to. Iowa Central referencing stuff that I'm go to. I go to school with a bunch of kids that were born after Seinfeld was over, so that's that's my where I draw the line at how old I am. But it's just like, geez, man, these kids are young. So either way, man, I appreciate you sitting down doing the podcast with me. Uh, Anytime, I mean, we've been talking about doing it for a while, and uh, I've been kind of like waiting on this because you and I are always around talking to one another. So. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely have you back on here. Sure. Uh, whether or not you want to promote something, I think you should have Kale on here someday. I, I will, I would love to have Kale on here. Kale's a hell of a guy, he's always super fun, and he's so. funny, dude. <laughs> he's so funny. People, uh,
1: people won't turn it off.
0: <laughs> oh man, so yeah. Uh, once again, thanks. Appreciate you, uh, inviting me over to do the podcast with you because everything I got is pretty portable and I don't have a I don't have a studio. So, all right, yeah, man. Uh, appreciate it. Well, Thank just... you very much. Are you ready to play a show in a couple yeah, hours? Yeah, this is actually, uh, recording this before we're going to play a show so uh let's give a shout out to that we're going to play a show here in a little bit with the uh sexually aggressive silverbacks the astro bastards and morbo and morbo is uh one of the guys from haunted infringement slash ghostbusters um by name whatever i don't know what it, it's haunted infringement, haunted infringement for it's, legal purposes yes i i have verbally called them ghostbusters because it's funny but it's It's legally cannot be called Ghostbusters, so they are haunted. But it's not even that; it's Morbo. So I'm I'm kind of excited. Morbo's five one five. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's going on. Uh, Yeah, those he's cool. Theatrical, theatrical for sure. So I'm ready to see that. But uh, Astro Bastards and uh, sexually aggressive Silverbacks doing a little EP split. So I'm kind of stoked to hear some of that stuff. I'm going to buy one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited they got some stuff recorded. So. I mean, that's probably should be one of the next things we do for Betty is get into that studio and, and get something that's, solidified that's as a four-piece. That's the next piece. step. I think so. So, uh, anyways, maybe that'll be the next time we bring you in here is when we get close to, When we get close to that. And then all of your listeners can buy a copy. Woo-woo! Uh, yeah, it'll probably be online anyway, streaming for free, and that's where... Oh, no.
1: The recorded album won't be free. All right. Sorry,
0: folks. <laughs> Everything on Reverb Nation right now is free, so yeah, get I there mean, while you can. There's tons of live stuff and, and all sorts of stuff. And, I mean... You and I have talked about it a little bit, debated like whether or not we ch- want to try and make some people pay for some of this stuff. But I always feel like it's better to just, I don't know, kind of let most of it out there for free and give everybody the option to pay for it if they want to. Or give them the bonus material if they want to buy stuff. Like uh, our studio demo that's on everywhere online, there's like four or five bonus songs you get if you buy it from us. Exactly. So, so I mean, that's the only reason we did it that way. Um, it's just kind of the way it ended up working out. And it worked out kind of nice because we don't charge too much for the for the demo CDs, because we didn't put too much money into the demo CDs, because it's just a demo, so. Yeah, like, if you buy a physical copy at a show, it's like two bucks max. Yeah, and you get everything that's online, plus. So it's like, four songs. Four extra songs, and otherwise, if you buy it online, it's like seven bucks, because it's like 99 cents a song, otherwise, you can get it on Spotify Premium, and then you can rack them plays up, and we can get, you know, no money for all the plays. Because whatever. You can say, look at how many people listen to us, and we got 20 cents. Yep. So that's just the way it works. But but I don't know. I'm not bitter about any of that. No, we're joking around. Dude, it's actually (laughs) pretty fun to see uh, your stuff. Like our stuff, it's it's you guys were the ones that recorded the EP, but like it's it's the logo and it's all online. It's kind of neat to see that, you know. Oh like, yeah, like uh, uh, 10, this 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have expected anything like this, and now it's just like
1: holy cow! All I wanted out of the Shit Kickers, which evolved into Three Finger Betty, was to have a band I enjoyed playing in that could play around where I
0: lived whenever we wanted, and that's we blew that goal away four years ago. Yeah, dude, and I. I... Dude, I I would have to say this is probably one of like the most low stress environments I've found. Uh to hang out in on a constant basis it's just like being around all you guys in three finger Betty because we're always just out here just to have fun and nobody's nobody's climbing up anyone's butt about any opinions we have about anything and that comes back to this like this is not an ego man no this doesn't it comes back to like the political thing nobody cares who is what politically we all just get along with each other because we're all we all know we're human beings and nice people so you know but, I write songs because I
1: watch the news and I get pissed so yeah so <laughs> That's come as far up, as it goes
0: yeah come out to a show you can check us out in uh, northern Iowa at that New Year's show or the January 12th, show, January 12th, our Marv's Marv's in Des Moines
1: village. Very cool place. Yeah. Uh, If you are in the Fort Dodge, Humboldt, Algona, Webster city corridor, the poor house, New Year's Eve is the place to be. Oh yeah. Ancient Elm locked in and we're going
0: to get somebody else. Yeah. We're going to get somebody else. I've, uh, I've asked a handful of bands that, uh, would be an insane draw for, for humboldt so i will see what happens i've yet to get a word back from a couple of them but it's going to be a great show poorhouse and humboldt it's it's the classy place to be you're going to
1: hear every song three finger betty
0: has plus some more yeah i mean you'll hear some shit kicker songs we're going to play a couple covers here and there it's going to be great time i can't wait so uh thanks man appreciate it no worries thank yeah. you yep it's we'll been a while you. yeah we'll check you next time Hey, what'd you think of that one? That's a pretty good one. I enjoy sitting around talking to John. He's usually got a pretty good perspective on everything that's going on. Uh, You could follow all of his bands, including Three Finger Betty, the one I'm in, and the Shit Kickers, they're awesome. We've played a handful of shows with them sometimes. Uh, I got all the links down below. I try to do my best to put all the links to everybody's creative stuff Anywhere I can, you know, in the comments section of pretty much anything or uh, in the description section of the podcast itself. So make sure you check out the bands, uh, go give their Facebook pages a like, listen to some of their songs and whatever. Uh, you know, every band I've, I've interviewed so far, every musician, all their all their stuff they do, it's so good. Uh, speaking of which, I actually went to one of the jam nights in Barnum that Clint Riedel hosts and I did a podcast with him not too long ago. And, and I had a blast. I... I'm usually pretty nervous about going out and playing in jam session type deals because I'm pretty self-conscious about my uh, playing ability. But you know, it's a, it was a low-pressure situation. I went out there, I watched some cool people play some awesome music. I jumped in on a handful of songs. Uh, as the bar started clearing out, I even jumped on the drums for a while. That was that was tons of fun. You know, it, it was great time. I mean, I had I had fun just sitting there watching every watching everybody play and talking to them. I mean, that was that was pretty much the coolest part and not to mention there was so many people that came up to me and said they listened to the podcast that's humbling holy cow thanks everybody for giving me a shout out in public i can't believe that like i i know people listen to this i see all the stats but it still kind of just wows me that people will come up to me and say hey i enjoy listening to that and i appreciate it guys i really do um I'm not, very, I'm not very good in social situations, believe it or not, but I appreciate you guys coming up to me and telling me you enjoy listening to this, because I don't do it for me, I do it for all the, all the people I'm interviewing, because, I mean, that's, all I really wanted was to go out and have a podcast to listen to that, talk to local musicians, and, uh, you know, I, I guess since there wasn't one, I was the guy who made one, so, uh, you know, after that jam night in Barnum, I actually ended up playing in the house band at the Paddy's Pub Third Thursday Jams in Fort Dodge, Iowa. That was tons of fun too. Shout out to Jeremy Ober for inviting me to play in the house band for that. I did an interview with him a couple weeks back. If you want to check that one out, man, he is so good at playing the guitar. It's insane. Uh, you know, he's a diamond in the rough, a gem for the Fort Dodge area for sure. So just go out and uh, watch some of his bands play. I mean, he's he's just super entertaining. He's always at jam nights. He's he's one of the hardest working musicians around around my area. That's for sure. So uh, go ahead and check him out. I mean, double down on that. That was tons of fun i also gotta mention the show i went to last week i was at three finger betty played in the sexually aggressive silverbacks and astro bastards cd release they did a little split and uh released some songs astro bastards got their songs on uh spotify if you want to check that out it's a pretty awesome time and i gotta say it's not often that three finger betty is the least entertaining band on stage or has like the least energy but holy cow the other three bands brought so much energy and stuff. I was in awe watching Mo- Morbo play. Morbo's 515. Holy cow! I mean, it's it was almost like watching an Alice Cooper show. It was it was pretty crazy. They had tons of stuff going on. The sexually aggressive Silverbacks absolutely killed it, and I don't think I've ever enjoyed the Astro Bastards as much as I have. Every time I see those guys, they get better and better and better, and they're so fun to watch. they got so much energy. love watching them. I can't wait to play a show with them again. It's tons of fun. Speaking of Three Finger Betty, don't forget to check out our New Year's Eve show. We've got a New Year's Eve show coming up in Humboldt, Iowa at the Poor House. It's going to be a great time. We're playing with Ancient Elm and another band that is yet to be announced because we are still in the process of working out the negotiations with them. But we're going to have three bands there, guaranteed. Uh, it's just the way it's going to be. Three Finger Betty and Ancient Elm. Ancient Elm is a heck of a metal band. I mean, you got to check them out. They're on Spotify, too. I'm, I'm hoping to get an interview with one of those guys uh, at the show if we ended up having some time before or after the show. So uh, stop out, check that show out. It's at the Poor House in Humboldt. That's New Year's Eve. Otherwise, if you're going to a New Year's Eve show somewhere else, let me know where it's at. Um, You know, shoot me something on Twitter or Facebook or wherever. Uh, Audible Farm is everywhere. If you want to do an interview with me, make sure you contact me. I've got tons and tons and tons of personal friend requests coming in on Facebook. And uh, a lot of people, even though I try and contact them, don't contact me back and let me know who they are. And I know some of the people are in bands and stuff, and I know some people don't use Facebook too much, but... But uh, if you want to do an interview, just just get a hold of me. Uh, my schedule is kind of busy, but I will try my best to work with everybody as long as it fits into something that I can work with, because I don't do a whole lot of uh, Skype interviews. I do most of my stuff face-to-face. So just let me know what you think. Uh, get at me at a show. Uh, maybe I'll have an Audible Farm sticker. I handed out a few at the Patty's Pub Third Thursday Jam Session in Fort Dodge uh, the other day. It was tons of fun. So you know i mean i've always got a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about i'm not always the best at talking like i said uh but i like to meet new people so just come out and say hi to me uh like i said it's great knowing that people listen to the podcast thank you for all the uh outpouring of support from everybody i mean from from everybody it's coming in everywhere so i really appreciate it stick around for next week's episode Follow all of the uh, Audible Farm whatnots. So I got social media everywhere. Uh, there's also the YouTube page that has videos of some other bands. I uh, do a little dabbling and recording and uh, video editing and stuff like that. So if you uh, want to check that out, go for it. Uh, we had uh, like 10 subscribers a month at least. So it's, it's kind of neat. So appreciate that. Thank you very much for supporting me, everybody. I will have another podcast next week. I hope you enjoyed this one. We'll check you later.